0: Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive.
1: All right. Good morning and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. This is Rachel Marshall and Bruce Weiner. And today we are. Having another conversation about this idea of building onto your infinite banking system where you've already got a life insurance policy that's whole life dividend paying with a mutual company. You're building cash value, you have dividends being paid. It's working really well for you. And you're in a position of saying, now I have additional capacity to store more cash. What does this look like to turn my Infinite banking policy into an infinite banking system. Now, Bruce, before we really dive into this, we were having a little conversation right before the show about this whole idea that even though I said turning an infinite banking policy into an infinite banking system, I want to step back from that conversation and help you realize, not you, Bruce, but everyone else that we're talking to, that. Every time you use this strategy, it is not just a policy. It is not a product. It is a full strategy in your financial life. And so really we're just taking a small strategy and turning it into a larger strategy. We're not really taking a product and turning it into a system. We're taking a small system and a small strategy in your financial life and turning it into a bigger, more all-encompassing strategy and system. So Bruce, let's go ahead. What are your thoughts at the beginning of this whole idea? I know we've kind of talked about, you know, how do we get your one policy to be maximum performing? Then how do we think about adding policies on kids, grandkids, business partner, a spouse? And now today we're kind of talking about this idea of growing this system. What are your thoughts as we start this?
0: My thoughts uh, initially, as respectful as possible, is that the internet has allowed us to be drowning in information while we're starving for wisdom mm. and so everybody's looking for knowledge 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 like what's the best what's this the best and because everybody's to to get click to get clicks everybody is always saying the seven best ways to evaluate this okay. you know and and so people are like oh i if i get enough information I'm going to know what the best one is for me. Well, it may be the best one for you at this particular time, but you know I've been on the, this earth for 58 years, and what happened in 1963, you can't use the same you know, um, knowledge or wisdom from 1963 as you can use from now. And so w- what ends up happening is we get inaction by people, or we get people that are are actually falling into the nuts and bolts of something rather than the strategy of something. And I think this is very, this is happening over and over. And when people say to me, I love our clients that say, man, I wish I would have done this a long time ago. This is, I, I'm, I'm starting to understand this. Because what ends up happening is, unless you want to become an insurance agent with 30 years of experience, there's only so much that can be taught. The rest of it has to be caught. Mm -hmm. And and this is where I think people hang up on this all the time. And I tell people all the time, if you can just keep it simple, everybody has a need to store capital. Mm -hmm. That's all we're talking about. And there's financial institutions out there. What are financial institutions that store capital? Banks, insurance companies, pension plans. Wall Street. Of course, you could start store capital in your own home if you wanted to. Um, and you know, I kind of put pensions and endowments together. There's um, together just large institutions that do this. So all you're saying is I'm going to I want to shift some of my capital, not all of it, from a bank where I get there's obviously some really good things about the banks, right? They're very liquid. You can walk down. Well, I'm actually starting to change my tune on this, though, Rachel, because many, many, many branches are closing down now.
2: Mm-hmm. But,
0: and because of COVID, they realize that, oh, people, we survive without all these branches. So we're just going to close these branches down,
2: mm-hmm. which is
0: becoming more and more inconvenient. So it's, it's convenient. You can talk to a person live. That's convenient. But right. what's inconvenient about it is what people are searching for. And that's a better rate of return. Mm-hmm. Uh, a better way to use my money. So if you keep all that in in your mind when you're trying to evaluate all this stuff, that there's no perfect situation for you In that's going to fit for now and in the future. Are you going to have three kids? Are you going to have eight grandkid, children? Are you going to get a disease that's going to make you uninsurable in the future? I mean, all these things you don't know. So what you have to do is you try to Get a, a, a product that has a strategy that allows for the most um, flexibility into the future. And, and Bruce, even what you're talking about, that uh, comes down control, which we yes. always talk about.
1: Yeah, and not control of the future because we can't right. control the future. And I think sometimes the temptation can be to say, well, I want to control every single variable into the future. I want to know exactly how much cash I'm going to have at every single moment and where my funding source is going to be, which then you have to know exactly how your investments are going to perform and and exactly how all of your, your job is going to perform. And are you going to stay at your job? Is it going to have exactly a certain percentage of cost of living increase? Are you going to get exactly the pay raises or the promotions that you expect at the dates that you expected? I mean, there's just so many factors in life ahead of where we stand today that are completely unknowable. And I think this really comes back fundamentally to that idea of the economic value of certainty and having something that we can depend on that's going to perform the best and put us in the best situation in the widest range of circumstances. It's not so much saying that I know exactly how much dollars I'm going to have and exactly how I'm going to run my whole entire financial life from here into the future, but it's saying, how do I have the best case scenario no matter what happens? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Bruce, I think this is uh, one of those situations. I mean, we talked about this before the show too. It's a little bit of a touchy subject because there's not one answer. There's not one answer to say, here's exactly the dates that you should fund new policies. Here's exactly who you should put them on. Here's exactly which policy to take a loan from first and exactly which ones to pay back first. Really, a lot of this has to do with you're working an entire strategy in your life that says, how do I store cash? How do I use that cash? And then how do I replenish those loans so that I increase my capacity to borrow more for more endeavors down the road. So, Bruce, let's just talk generally about this idea because I think, again, we don't want to put anyone in a position of saying, well, I need to know everything about the future in order to start now. But if somebody is already in that position, they already have their first IBC policy, now they really do have more of a need to store cash. And they're in a position of saying, how do I think about this system of policies?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, let's, we can go down the line real quickly. So purpose of the policy, I think everybody should, first of all, I agree with Rodney Mogan, who we had from Mass Mutual. we've had on the show before. If you do not believe in the death benefit and you're only worried about the cash value, then you should just keep your money in the bank. Um, because if you feel like, oh, I'm going to only do it for this. And we espouse that's one of the benefits,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that, that you actually can get the compounding effect while you're borrowing against it. And that is one of the benefits. And we espouse that, great. But if that's the only reason you're doing it, then you probably are not going to adhere to the process and keep the process up. So, so then don't do it. So you gotta de- you got to uh, determine the integrity of the purpose of the policy, whether it's um, a combination of death benefit, cash value, and maybe future income. And then there's, unfortunately, there's all kinds of other benefits of the policy. There's, you can actually assign it for collateral for another loan outside the policy, which is becoming a really big thing on the internet now. It's like, why pay 5% to the insurance company when you can assign the loan to somebody else and only pay 3.75%? And that sounds great when a person tells you on the internet, yeah, that's stupid. Why are you paying another one and a quarter percent? Well, I'm telling you why you're paying another one and a quarter percent. It's because of control. The insurance company is going to allow you to control the terms of paying back. Mm -hmm. The third party lending is not, excuse me, is not going to let you control the terms of paying it back.
1: Right. And that just simply means if you use the third party, they're going to say you make a payment of $3,200 or $365 on exactly this day, the 20th of every month, and you pay it back to them, that's a structured payment. You can get behind if you don't make those payments. You're going to have a hit on your credit if you don't make your payments effectively. But if you're with the life insurance company and you do have a higher interest rate that you're paying and you're repaying that loan, you can pay all at once. You can pay for not for three, four, or five years, and then all at once, you can make larger payments some months and smaller payments other months you can skip a payment, you can double up your payments. So you have a lot more flexibility in terms of when you pay back. And then the question really comes down to, do you have the cash to make a loan repayment? Does it make the most sense to make a loan repayment or to hold on to that cash? Do you want to pay interest or have that interest continue to accrue? Or do you want to not have the interest accrue and go ahead and pay off the loan so that you can free up the capital to use it again? But I mean, even Bruce, when we talked to John Moyarty, or in multiple situations about their, their um, family banking strategy using infinite banking policies, there's not always a rush to pay back every single loan as quickly as possible, but there could be. In some situations, it depends on what your goal is.
0: Absolutely, and, and um, this comes down to, I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day because I'm always being sent things by our clients or by, or by um Friends that know what I'm doing that are trying to figure this out, and there's other people in the industry, advisors that I've known for 30 years that we talk to, and we we we're starting to say if anybody that's talking on the internet about these things is telling you over the internet without knowing you personally or your situation that this is the only way you should be doing something, then I would really question the validity. And whether they have your best interest in mind, because uh, how can they possibly know that situation? So, Mm -hmm. what you're talking about is whether you pay back loans or not at a particular time, or whether you pay premium first.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So, I would say, in general, if you just think about this logically, the premium payment will actually build up the leveraged death benefit. And if the leveraged death benefit is actually collateralizing, the loan, and you're getting the compounding effect of it, then if you're trying to choose between, well, I only have so much money right now because of extenuating circumstances. First of all, you ought to talk to uh, a, an advisor that's experienced and and talk to them about what's probably best in your situation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And by the way, some of the people that are espousing certain certainties out there on the internet are are actually telling people to figure it out themselves by calling it, calling home office. I, i we've actually had people to call the money advantage and talk to us and say, yeah, uh, I called this home office and ask them about paying my loan back to my banking policy. And the customer service guy person is like, what, what are you talking about? I don't I, what's a banking policy.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and that's why we, we are always espousing the communication. Why you use a certain company and um so you would sit down with that person and they would show you the best situation not only mathematically because it's not all about math but also about the emotional part of it and also about the actual real world possibility so example i talked to, to you about this before we got on you know we have clients all the time that say i don't like a loan i know i know i'm paying my loan back but i can't stand to see that loan on there because I just don't believe in a loan. So that's an emotional thing. Mm -hmm. It's really not in their best interest to maybe take money from another resource that's paying more than the 5% to pay back. But if that's emotionally what they want to do, then they should do it. Um, There's a variety of other reasons why you would, but all things considered, if you want one answer, it's, it's always better to pay, in my opinion, in an umbrella sense, pay your premiums first before you pay the loan. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean you have to pay the entire premium. You can pay the base, and you can pay the term writer if you have a term writer. Uh, there's so many ways you can do this. You can, you can uh, use your dividend to pay your loan. You can surrender PUA's to pay the loan. There's all kinds of things, but not one is better than the other. It's just, it's just that you, with an experienced advisor, they might talk about that.
1: Well, and it's uh, important to realize as if you have an outstanding loan and you also have premium due, if you pay the outstanding loan, you're going to reduce the loan against your cash value. But then at the same time, if you haven't paid your premium, your premium is going to come from somewhere. And if you don't pay it from cash out of pocket, it's going to put a loan against the policy in a way that's going to, again, depress the available cash value. So not the total cash value, but the available cash value, right, Bruce? Absolutely. So you have to think about, am I going to repay the loan and then use the cash value to support the the premium payment? You're kind of just shuffling money back and forth at that point. Whereas if you keep the loan as it stands, use the premium that you do have to pay, or use the cash that you do have to pay the premiums, then you're increasing your total available cash value, and death benefit.
0: Correct. And once again, it, it, you need to sit down and tell a person what you're trying to what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so there's a variety of things that come up. Um, you know, I I tell this I've told this story I believe on the podcast before. You know, uh, Nelson Nash's uh, son-in-law, and I was there when it was explained right at the think tank, Uh, he actually was married to Nelson's daughter and they bought Nelson's house and they totally gutted it and added an addition on and they borrowed money from their policies to the tune of several hundred thousand dollars. And then Nelson was getting sick and he goes to his son in law and he says to him, how, how much of a loan do you have against your policies? And so his son in law was saying, He was scared now because he knew he had a loan against his policy. And he was like, Is Nelson going to be mad at me for having a loan against my policy? And Nelson used to always, always said, Don't steal the peas, which is his grocery store example. Mm hmm and he said no i have uh, several hundred thousand and nelson's response was good i'm about to leave this earth and leave you with a lot of death benefit you need some place to store it so you'll be able to store it by paying off the loans so awesome. even nelson even nelson and nelson used to tell me this in private all the time he goes bruce all we're giving is people is guidelines but you have to talk to the experienced advisor and be creative on how you apply those guidelines because everybody's well said, an yeah. individual. So his own son-in-law was not paying back the loans. Now, this was a relatively short period of time because they, were, they, they had just finished the house. He would have eventually paid back the loans because that's how he got capital in there to begin with. Mm-hmm. But even his own son-in-law was like, oh, shoot, I have too big of loans. What am I going to do? And Nelson was like, great, you got all these loans, we're going to pay them off with my death benefit. You know, that's
1: that's a really fascinating example. And, you know, we wanted to keep this episode really short today. So I think that's a really great point to end on. I think this idea that you can do a lot with an infinite banking system or strategy in your life, and it's going to be a leap of faith. To get started and just like every good thing that you do in life is a leap of faith and it's interesting that you can know that this is a great place to store cash we can talk about the reason why there's all of the guarantees and the certainty and the availability of cash so that you have access to your capital and why it's not going to drop in value but the real truth is that once you get started and you see those guarantees and you experience them you're in a position now of saying I have a lot more certainty for the future because I have a lot more options, and I have a place to put my cash that's going to make me put me in a better position. So, um, Bruce, I think there's so much we could talk about here. I think uh, just like
0: in closing, the one of the things we'll do, excuse me, in the future is talk about PUA's because it might be the most most obvious but yet complicated part of of any policy design. And yet it's the part that people, um, tell you, you have to do it a certain way. And so that's probably where we should go in the future.
2: Perfect. Um,
0: and then maybe that'll be helpful, but you know, we're, we're at a very difficult task of trying to help as many people as possible, but we, but still understanding that everybody is an individual. And I used to I used to do this all the time when I did workshops, um, seminars at schools for for teachers. I would say, how many people in here, raise your hand if you want to. You don't have to if you're embarrassed about it. How many people have children? People would raise their hand. How many people are married? How many people are divorced? How many people have parents that are still alive? How many people have parents that are dead? How many people uh, are caring for family members in their home now? And I mean, I'm just I'm just throwing out all these kind of things. And I said, So do you really expect me to stand up here today and give all these different people the answer today? And that's what we're trying, that's what the internet is trying to do with everybody talking, is give them the answer without knowing the person Mm -hmm. and their goals and objectives. And I think for all our listeners, that's where you have to. Be very careful about where you're getting your your information. Are you just getting information or or are you getting wisdom?
1: Thank you for sharing that, Bruce. I think that's a perfect note to end on. So the most important thing that you can do if you're listening today and you're at all curious about infinite banking and you think that you would like to use this for yourself, book a call with our advisor team. You can go ahead and do that at themoneyadvantage.com. And that will take you right to our calendar. There's a link right on the front page that you can book on our calendar. And this will give you an opportunity to talk with somebody who can explore your unique circumstance and your objectives and your goals and really come from a perspective of helping you to do the best with what you currently have so that you can have the most confidence and the most control and the most certainty going forward in the future, no matter what circumstances are ahead of you in your life that you cannot see today. So we would really encourage you to go ahead and book a call on our advisor calendar. And we would love to be part of your wealth creation story and really being a part of helping you to gain that confidence and certainty in your financial life. So thank you so much for being with us today. Please also share your questions, your thoughts, your feedback. You can share those on whatever platform you're listening here and go ahead and click subscribe. If you're on YouTube or you're on Facebook, we would love to have you come into our tribe and really be uh, part of hearing the conversation continue to unfold about life insurance and really about building wealth that is helping you achieve true time and money freedom. So thank you for that today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for making a point to prioritize your wealth. In closing, remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd.